plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, welcome, Power Partners, to our informational playground. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And I strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations because I truly believe that you can be catapulted from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they've already transpired and start living them and act like you have everything you need because you do. You are the writer, the producer, the director, and the star of your own life. And the only way to really get what you want is to know yourself. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. You can find out more at bethestarur.org and you can sign up for our newsletter. One just went out today, so hopefully you'll sign up for Star Style Empowerment. Aristotle said this, Dignity is not built on possessing honors, but on the awareness that you deserve them. And this is something that I really believe that we are all enough. We all deserve uh, to have a fulfilled life and to be happy and healthy and to truly live our dreams. So, you know, don't just think about all the awards and rewards. Instead, just believe that you have everything that you already need and that you deserve everything that you get that is positive. So what are we going to be uh, talking about today? We have a lot of uh, important things on the schedule uh, for today for you. And um, we're going to talk about goals for the garden because uh, 2024, it's a brand new year. And so we will go into the garden. That's going to be in segment three. And I will give you some goals that you could set out for yourself. Do you fear public speaking? Um, It is the number one fear. It's even more than dying. But you can conquer your fright and speak with confidence. And I'm going to give you a few tips uh, from my days and uh, my experience as a professional lecturer. In segment two, what do you do with all the sentimental items that you have collected over a lifetime or over all the things that you might have inherited from your family or from friends. They're probably very precious, but what do you do with them? Is it time to purge? It's so difficult to get rid of things that once belonged to somebody we really loved and cherished. So we'll uh, give you a few tips on how you might be able to free yourself from some treasures And also, you know, how to keep the ones that are important to you. So, 
the going back uh, to our stage fright, it is the number one fear speaking. And of course, I've always said maybe we should be more afraid of speaking and dying at the same time. But public speaking, whether it's in front of a live audience or on camera, it just can evoke a sense of anxiety and nervousness, even in the most seasoned professionals. And actually, I think having a little bit of fear um, or being nervous is good, you know, because that will keep you on your toes. But if it is absolutely paralyzing, that's another story because most of us fear being judged. We are afraid of making mistakes. Or maybe the most the most worrisome is we are always worried that we won't meet expectations. Again, that we won't be good enough. We won't be smart enough. However, we can always conquer our stage fright um, because it is essential for doing anything in life, whether it is hosting a radio show as I'm doing or being on a podcast or working in television or just speaking at a company event or getting up at a school meeting, we have to be able to learn how to express ourselves and express ourselves in a meaningful uh, a meaningful way without too many ums and uhs and, you know, uh, just guffaws that we all tend to make. So I want to give you some tips to help you gain some confidence and reduce your nervousness. And this really is a key, like especially if you are um, going to be on camera at all. You know, for years, I have been coaching for on-camera acting for television and film and uh, also for speaking. And the key to that is, is truly um, being prepared. The more you practice, the better prepared you will be. And, you know, practice, practice, practice. I don't believe in perfection, but it does get you closer. So one of the most effective ways to combat your nerves is through the preparation. If you know your material inside and out, that's going to provide a solid foundation upon which to build your confidence. And you can take your time to rehearse whatever it is that you've written and have your talking points until you are comfortable with the content. If you are giving a speech somewhere, you know, there's nothing worse than just reading the whole thing. You want to engage with your audience. You want to make them feel as if they are right there with you. So if you go off book a bit, that means going off the script, that's okay. As long as you know what you're talking about and that you can come back to it. So familiarity with the material allows you to speak from your heart, allows you to speak more naturally, and it reduces the likelihood of stumbling over words or even forgetting key points. And additionally, I always, if you're going to give a speech and you know in advance that you have to give a speech somewhere, or if you're going to lecture, I think it's a great idea to put yourself on camera or to record yourself, or do anything that is going to help you feel more in control uh, during your, your session. Now, what I used to do in the days where we had little tape recorders, you know, those, the little small cassettes, and you had cassettes in your car, is I would tape 
uh, if I was doing a script, I would tape a script and then I could listen to it on my commute. So whenever I was driving, because I felt like I was always in the car and that just helped me so much to learn the material or um, you could put it on before you went to bed. Now, these days you have your phones so you could record something into your phone and play it back and listen to it and stop it and record and stop it. And just listen until you feel you really have got it. The other thing you could do is uh, shoot yourself with your camera, with your your phone camera, um, performing and actually doing your lecture or whatever it is that you have to do to see how you look. Are you looking straight out at the audience? Are you looking at your feet? Are you moving your arms? Are you moving your body too much? So by practicing, you are going to boost your confidence and definitely be much more prepared. And if you shoot it in by a camera, you will also get an idea of what you are going to look like. So you want to really visualize your success. I always recommend doing these warm-up exercises, and one of them is a visualization exercise. So a positive visualization is going to calm your nerves and you will be able to imagine yourself delivering a flawless performance, engaging your audience, and just exuding expertise and confidence. Whenever you visualize, it can help you reframe your mindset from one of fear and apprehension to one of success and accomplishment. Because visualization is a powerful tool that can be used in conjunction with deep breathing exercises. And that's something you should always do before any performance is some deep breathing exercising. And we call it diaphragmatic breathing, where you breathe in literally from your diaphragm, which is right below your belly button. So you do deep, deep breaths, inhale and long exhales, and do several of those, at least a repetition of three. And then I always like to include the what I call the moaning breaths, where you just moan out all your anxiety. So these are really powerful tools because um, it's so crucial to, again, recognize that there isn't going to be any perfect performance. It just is unrealistic. And it is just so better to really think about just doing the absolute best you can, being yourself, being authentic, and uh, being human, just embrace your human side because, uh, you know, even mistakes, uh, when you make them, people relate to that. And that makes you more relatable as a person, especially when you're in a position where you are more of the celebrity on the stage um, and and everyone else is listening to you. You know, mistakes just mean that we are all humans in training. Also, understand that occasional pa uh, pauses are, are just normal. Sometimes we're going to stumble over a word. Sometimes we might have a technical glitch. All of that is just part of the process. So just shift your mindset to embrace imperfections, and you can free yourself from those shackles of perfectionism and perform with greater ease and authenticity. And also just keep in mind that 
You're not going to be able to do it just on the first try. It is important to practice, practice, practice. And then if you can put down your notes and maybe just have a few key words if you're on a podium that are going to spike that to enthusiasm for you so that you'll know what to what points you want to make next that will be helpful to you but trying to memorize full sentences that's not the way to go you want to just get the information in your heart and if you're showing uh you know a, a video or if you have a powerpoint presentation or you're doing something like that you can use those tools as well to move you along in your process. But whatever you do, again, just be your unapologetically authentic self and have a good time. Because when you're having fun, others really recognize that and they will have fun too. So you can just release those shackles of fear when you are speaking in public. And you will find that you will actually enjoy the process. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. So stay tuned. Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be the Star You Are. 99 gifts and be the star you are for teens buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR 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 are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting conference or organization internationally recognized keynote speaker and new york times best-selling author and lifestyle coach cynthia bryan will bring her energetic expertise passionate professionalism and ebullient personality to your event hailed as an expert in lifestyle women's issues self-help personal balance leadership media gardening and interior design topics cynthia bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show okay, well, we're back, and I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. So 
I imagine that unless you are a true minimalist, of which I am not, you probably have many belongings that need to be purged. And when it is time to start reducing all these things for whatever reason, whether you are downsizing, decluttering, moving, or whatever the reason is, it can be difficult because if you are a sentimental person, it is hard to let go of your possessions. And I know I am sentimental and I have many things that mean a lot to me that I've had since I was a little girl and, you know, gifts that people have given me or items from grandparents who are no longer with me or other people who have just, you know, given me things over the years. It's hard to let go. And because when you are sentimental, you see that memory value in each of your belongings. And it's really difficult to say goodbye to them. And that can create some trouble when your possessions start to take over space. And this often leads to large amounts of clutter everywhere. And it can cause, you know, an overwhelming feeling it could even cause depression. Now, I'm really an organized person, so I make sure that if I collect, you know, if I have collectibles, like I have a little doll collection from countries that I've been to throughout my life, um, I have a, a cabinet that just has that there. I don't put them all over the house. I don't put photos all over the house or anything. I keep them in one little area. But sometimes, especially if you... If you have a, a relative that has died and willed you their house full of things or maybe even just some of their possessions, you may feel obligated to keep it all. Maybe you want to keep it all, but sometimes you just don't know what to do with it all. Now, a sentimental person often holds on to the items because they represent or they remind that person of someone that they have lost, or perhaps it's just very fond memories from the past. Being like, you know, I I kept uh, special things from my kids' childhood. I kept um, many of their reports, um, a few of their clothing items, some of their stuffed animals, and definitely I did keep their important toys, which have turned out to be a really good thing to have kept because the toys that the kids had when they were young, they don't make them anymore. Everything now is very plastic and not made very well. And those in those days, they were metal and wood because I never bought anything plastic. So it was a good thing to keep those. So it's good to keep things that are of high quality that you know are going to be, um, whether it's valuable or not, but they're going to be of use down the line. But if they're not of use, do you still want to keep them? So it can be hard to let go of items, especially of family members. And rather than having to let go of all things, remember the goal is to keep a small amount of your most precious items. Items that are stuffed in a box in a garage somewhere or in the attic, they can't be enjoyed. So if you cull through a few special items out of hundreds or maybe you might even have thousands that have been stored, you know, I know people that have storage units, maybe two and three storage units 
because um, they don't have room in their house. So they put them in boxes in a storage unit. But what good are they in a storage unit? All you're saying is that you have them, but you're not really enjoying them. So it's so much better to honor the memories of people and events in your life by perhaps reducing the volume of your belongings and showcasing the ones that really matter. So if you inherited, let's say, some family, you know, some grandparents' belongings, and you can't seem to let go of them, what do you do? The, the items that you inherited, maybe that, you know, the old couch, uh, you know, if maybe it's something that's just not going to fit into your life, but you're afraid that it would upset any other family members if you decide to get rid of it. And it might take up space in your garage. And that space, you might be holding on to it for years and years and years because you feel so guilty in getting rid of anything. You decide not to decide. And of course, when you decide not to decide, that is a decision. <laughs> so one of the reasons that the decisions are so hard is that we are afraid to give up the item and we're afraid that we're going to lose the memory. So one of the most effective ways to keep the memory for you and your family is to create memory books with photos of the items. And that's a way to honor the legacy of the person it belonged to. And the photo memory books are also a super way for you to start your own legacy memories for your family. And those books can include photographs of the accomplishments and experiences. Now, I do uh, create a memory book, an annual memory book, um, just for all the important things that happen in a year. However, when you think about the span of a lifetime, if you live, you know, 80 years and you've been keeping memory books for 60 of those, boy, that is a lot of memory books. However, it's probably easier to flip through a memory book and then toss it than to try to flip, well, you couldn't flip through, but to go through, you know, um, oodles and oodles of furniture and clothes and all kinds of other things that would be much harder to get rid of. So what can you do besides the memory books? If you have items from other family members that you no longer want or you don't have room for, perhaps you can ask other family if they might be interested in it. Because, you know, one person's Trash is another person's tre uh, treasure. Getting rid of things is the feeling that we want to make sure that they go to a good home. And if we know that somebody else is going to appreciate them, that the items aren't going to be just thrown out, then that helps us let go. So you could, you know, do your research and find out what items would be helpful to other family members, or it could be friends. Otherwise, what about charities? What charities are close to your heart? What charities do you think would benefit from receiving, you know, all the books or whatever the furniture is? And, and once you've decided to let some items go, you should take them out of your house as soon as possible because the sooner you let things go, the sooner you're going to see progress. You don't want to uh, keep the boxes in your car or you don't want to keep boxes in your house because what's going to happen is you're going to be tempted 
to go back through them. It's kind of like ripping off a Band-Aid. If you go really slowly, you prolong the pain. But if you do it fast, you get it over with. Now, I, I find that the kids' memorabilia is maybe some of the most difficult category for many people. So, again, you might want to keep a few items from, from you know, kindergarten or preschool, uh, grade school, junior high, high school, college for each child. What I did for my kids is I actually got a, um, a very cool antique storage um, chest, you know, one of those big trunks that people in the 1900s, the early 1900s would use on ship voyages and just put all the most important things in that. And then you can just give that to your child when he or she is grown up and see if they want it. Or you could just create some kind of memory box for each child and put the photographs, et cetera, of all those accomplishments in it. Um, what you might find, because this seems to be the norm these days, is that kids that, especially millennials <clears throat> that are now grown, they usually don't want the furniture or the items of their parents or their grandparents. Now, I was different when, when, um, when I first left home and was out on my own at 18, I was really grateful for an old chair that I could learn to uh, reupholster or, you know, a table that I could refinish. Uh, I wanted those things. And I was really happy, you know, if somebody offered something to me. But it seems that in this day and age, young people would prefer to get their, you know, get their own things. And maybe what we as parents thought was really beautiful and uh, as, you know, and it might be, it might still be really well made and, and a beautiful piece of furniture. They don't find it that way. So in that case, you're probably going to want to uh, get something, take your things either to consignment stores, but again, consignment stores are very, very picky. If you can find a Goodwill or a St. Vincent de Paul or a charity that will pick up your unwanted things. And of course, then there are always the recycle days uh, for most garbage services where they'll have one or two days a year well, where they will allow you to put a certain number of items, including furniture um, that's in good shape, not broken, but things that are in good shape on the curb. And then it's taken to be recycled and sold, um, you know, repurposed for another day. That really works out well. Now, you're not getting any money for any of this. Uh, if you're giving to a charity, you might be able to get a donation receipt. If you're doing something on consignment, you might make a little bit of money. But I have had um, clients that I know that had like gorgeous armoires or beautiful dining room sets that absolutely nobody wanted. So it is a little bit sad when you have something that you might have paid a lot of money for, or maybe you inherited something that, you know, could be could be not only vintage, it might even be an antique. An antique is if it's 100 years old or more. 
but now you cannot, um, you can't get rid of it. So you have to be very cautious about all of this and you have to do your homework, but usually there are places. Now, if you have um, the app called Nextdoor, I always see people are posting things on Nextdoor. You can also post things like in Facebook Marketplace. And, but you have to be careful because there are a lot of scams and spams out there. So you don't want to ship anything until you have received whatever payment that you have decided with the buyer or with the other party that you, you know, that whatever you've negotiated, you don't want to ship anything until you've had it. Now, if your kid, if you have kids that, that are grown and you, find that they are not interested in any of the old toys that you have saved for them. Are you planning to hang on to them in case that you may have grandkids one day? That's probably fine if you have a lot of space to store those items, but make sure that those items are going to last over time and be safe for the kids and make sure that they'll be able to be clean enough and interesting enough for your grandkids and if you don't have space, then you probably want to get rid of it. I know that um, I had a, for my children, I had a beautiful um, wooden handmade, absolutely gorgeous crib when they were young. But the standards these days for cribs uh, is much uh, the, the railings have to be much closer together. So that particular crib would no longer be good. I guess I could use it for a pet or something. Maybe it could be, you know, uh, for if you had a, a puppy that you wanted to keep in a certain place. Oh, maybe I could put it in my barnyard and use it for some of my animals. But basically, it wouldn't be appropriate to give to my kids if when they have kids. So many people are going to be um, nostalgic for old toys. And again, if they are toys that are valuable, then hold on to them. And if there's something that is really good, like if you had Brio or Legos, uh, those are really, really great toys that last can last a lifetime. Uh, I had some uh, building blocks and uh, Lincoln Logs. And those just kind of never go out of style. And they're just as great now as they were, you know, 40 years ago. So those are worth keeping because kids will always like that. So again, uh, if you are just holding on to items, really consider taking a picture of things and then get getting rid of the rest. If you have old letters that you feel are valuable and they need to be saved, then you might want to put those in a memory box because the more we hold on to from the past, the less meaningful items that we are going to have in our present. And we just don't want our houses to be uh, cluttered messes. And then that also gets me to paper because uh, so many people um, can never throw away newspapers. So Make sure that you can recycle your newspapers uh, and, you know, put them in the recycle bin. And if you have a lot of uh, paper that comes in letters or whatever, 
you know, if it's blank on one side, you could always use it for printing whatever. It doesn't have to go out to somebody else, but just for your own notes. If you are keeping files of anything, you know, just learn to recycle. So recycle and repurpose. And just remember that we're not going to be able to hold on to everything. And when it's time to go, we can hold on to nothing. So you want to get prepared now. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We have a business bite coming up, and it's all about presentations. So stay with me. I'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Are your presentations strong? By entertaining a few proactive techniques, your meetings can become a valuable tool for increasing business. You want to hone your skills before opening your mouth. This includes not only having the most up-to-the-minute information, but delivering this information in a relaxed, confident manner. To practice, use your phone or some kind of recorder. If possible, video your performance and have someone with a critical eye comment. Use a coach or an acting professional to help you with diction. Be enthusiastic and energetic. Love what you do and believe in what you are talking about. Be prepared to be flexible and adapt your message for different clients and different situations. Welcome questions and establish a dialogue. You want everyone to know that this was time well spent, not wasted by listening to you. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Brian with an I, CynthiaBryan.com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is Hope and faith flower me. from the cheerful seeds of the old year to the sprouting garden of the New Year's dawn. This was said by Terry Gulliman. 
Well, by February, most of the resolutions made on January 1st have been waylaid. Our dreams of losing weight, becoming more organized, being better, they might have already turned into nightmares. And if we want to be triumphant in life, we need to make conscientious changes or else we're going to be doomed to stagnation. So February is the perfect month to create our year's gardening goals. And if we do just a little at a time, step by step, and commit to success, we will achieve our landscaping goals. There is a saying, by the inch, it's a cinch. So you want to choose one or two goals per month and then make it happen. Because the only way to predict the future is to create it. To become a better gardener, we have to be flexible, adopt innovative ideas, and learn from our mistakes. So whatever level of gardening expertise you have, you will benefit from several of my suggestions. I say get going and get growing. So here are my suggestions for garden goals for 2024 from me, Cynthia Bryan, the goddess gardener. Number one, keep track. Whether you write in a notebook or create a digital diary, journaling about what's happening in your landscape will be a valuable resource. And what I like about keeping track is you can do it on a calendar if you want. You can just do it, you know, on, as I said, in any little notebook, um, however you want to do it. But by writing down what's blooming when, what your garden looks like, when things are coming into bud, when you fertilize, uh, this will all really help you for the following years because you can figure out what is early, what is late, what's on time. For example, my peach tree, I notice that today my peach trees are already starting to bloom. This is really early. They usually are not blooming. They usually are in full bloom by March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. And they usually start blooming around the, oh, around the 5th of March. So we are this year a full month ahead. So it's really helpful to keep track of what different things bloom. You can also keep track of how much fruit you have on your trees because it's been my experience that one year I'll have a heavy crop of oranges. The next year I won't have, I'll have five or six. One crop, one year my apple trees are loaded. The next year they're just spare. So just keep track. Note everything that you want and note it on the month and the day and, of course, the year. The second thing is to be inquisitive. Don't be afraid to go to your local nursery to ask questions. Talk to other gardeners, you know, people that you admire. Talk to your grandmother. Talk to a neighbor or even a total stranger because in the garden there are no dumb questions. And gardeners are flattered to share their knowledge. Um, I am always learning, and I know a lot about gardening, but I will never know everything. And it's so exciting for me to learn the name of a new plant or to see a new bird or to find something 
that I haven't really known about before. So I have no problem asking lots of questions. So be inquisitive. Now grow the world, whether it's planting an emerging specimen or experimenting with garden art, try something new. Go global and experience a specimen for another part of the planet. So if, for example, if you really just like planting perennials, and you like having like a butterfly garden, why don't you look into planting a few succulents just to be different? And you might be able to find some things that are from other parts of the world. Or if you're traveling and it's allowed, uh, you might be able to pick up some seeds or to bring something back, but make sure that it is allowed. You can't bring, there's a lot of things that you can't bring into the country because of worry of uh, pest, you know, any pest getting involved here in the United States or um, bringing something that would, you know, would be illegal. So be careful about that. But there might be things, you know, from other countries at your local garden center. Make sure to keep on learning. To educate means to draw forth. So you want to take a class, read a book, join a garden club, attend a lecture, watch a documentary, or surf the internet. Whatever gives you pleasure in learning, go to a place of discovery and growth. Educate yourself. You want to keep on learning. My goal is to learn something new every single day, whether it is a word or a strategy, or as I said, a new plant. Just learn to learn. Be a mentor. Many gardeners develop their passion for the earth, and that's including myself, by following a parent, a friend, or a relative through the garden. So share your knowledge through example and offer your insights to neighbors and friends, and especially to inquisitive children. My favorite, favorite thing is teaching kids about nature and watching kids in the garden. And this year I gave my little granddaughter a set of really good tools, a shovel and a hoe and a rake, all metal that she can use uh, to grow a garden. And it's really fun to watch them grow their knowledge and to be inquisitive about the garden. So be a mentor to others, help them plant seeds, show them how to plant and how to take care of any kind of specimen. Take a stroll, walk through your garden every day to witness the changes. You don't have to necessarily do anything more than just enjoy the serenity. By actively seeing and actively listening to your garden, you'll be able to spot any problems. Find the perfect location for a new birdhouse, and you can also receive the benefits of natural exercise. So make sure to walk through your garden every day and just be open to whatever nature has to tell you. Embrace composting. Nothing's going to enhance your garden more than regularly adding organic matter to your soil. Composting is so simple once you get the habit. I, what I do is I keep a five-gallon bucket both inside my garage and right outside my kitchen. 
And in it, I add everything, coffee grinds, eggshells, tea bags, shredded newspaper, wood ashes, vegetable scraps, you know, anything that's biodegradable. So lawn clippings, leaves, wood shavings, and weeds can all be mixed into a compost pile or bin. Things that you don't want to include would be any meat or any dog or cat excrement or any diseased plants. Now, if you do have chickens or rabbits, their droppings are absolute gold for the garden. But just remember with chicken manure, it needs to be aged for at least two to three years or it will actually burn your plants because it is very hot. And then turn your compost pile every few months and when it smells earthy and it crumbles like chocolate cake, you can spread it around your plants. Next, make a list. When you make a weekly to-do list of what you need to do in your garden, you can do just a little each day and then check off the tasks as you have the time to do them. And you're going to feel exhilarated by accomplishing one or two small chores and an hour here and an hour there. You don't have to spend the entire weekend laboring in the yard. I mean, of course, if you want to, that's always great, but you don't have to. Instead, take time for a barbecue or sit under a tree with a good book. Just relax and enjoy nature. But making that list is going to make a difference because checking it off and checking it twice, it's just something <laughs> that makes our garden nice. Now, mulch for garden health. By maintaining a three-inch covering of mulch, you will reduce erosion, you will maintain ground temperature, suppress weeds, conserve water, and prevent disease. Leaves, pine needles, shredded bark, wood chips, even gravel offer these benefits while beautifying and unifying the look of your landscape. Right now, I am adding new gravel to all my paths and stairs. I'm first raking and pulling the weeds, but then I'm putting like three inches of gravel down, and hopefully that's going to suppress the weeds. Take pictures. Having the advanced cameras in our smartphones, it is so easy to photograph our gardens. So take photos in every season for better record keeping, as well as to document the years. I mean, it's amazing how quickly our gardens change and evolve. My library now holds over 40,000 photos, and that's from my garden alone. I just really, really love taking photos of my landscape. And it is absolutely amazing to watch how it has evolved and changed over the years. Treasure trees. In 2023, the U.S. Forest Service reported that 36.3 million trees died in California in 2022 from drought, insects, and disease. Care for the trees you already have, and if you have the space, you can plant a tree that you've always wanted. I mean, trees combat global warming absorb CO2, they provide oxygen, they clean our air, they cool our environments, they conserve energy, they prevent erosion, and they supply nourishment. They also offer play spaces, they grant us shade, and they increase the value of our land. 
So really learn to take care of your trees. There's kind of nothing sadder than when you drive around and you see a neighborhood that has no trees. It usually is rather derelict and it's not very inviting. So whether you are a tree hugger or not, take care of the trees that you have. And if you don't have any, go to your nursery and find a couple specimens that will work well in your yard. You will not be disappointed. Be friendly. Make your garden attractive to birds, bees, butterflies, and bats, and you will enjoy a healthy, happy landscape. Provide pollen-rich food, shelter, water, and landing places for beneficial visitors. There are so many different pollinators out there and so many different plants. If you want to bring like the hummingbirds to your garden, any tubular uh, flower will, like a trumpet vine, or, you know, fuchsias, that will bring them to your garden. Uh, bees and uh, butterflies, they like the nectar. So be friendly, be butterfly friendly, be bird friendly, and bring the pollinators to your garden. And finally, forget perfection. My motto has always been, failure is fertilizer. There are no mistakes in the garden. And if you plant something and it doesn't grow, don't, don't stress, don't lament, don't worry. Just throw the plant on the compost pile and grow a new garden. Just keep in mind that Mother Nature is always in charge. And the birds, the bees, the wind, and the wildlife will always be introducing something to your garden design that you did not plan. So you can strive for excellence, but just deep six the idea of perfection, or you're going to be deeply disappointed. So gardening is good for you. Gardening boosts morale. It lowers your grocery bill, and it is a free fitness center. So sprout a New Year's garden with hope, with faith, and with garden goals, because a garden's best crop is happiness. So plant some today. So happy gardening and happy growing to you. And if you have growing um, garden questions and you need a garden consultation, this is something that I do do and I can do things over Zoom. You can email Cynthia at CynthiaBryan.com or visit CynthiaBryan.com on my website to find out what kind of coaching and consultations are available. Well, thank you so much for being with me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Make sure you are tuned in to Voice American Network with me every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. And for the teen show, Express Yourself on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific and tune in to the Empowerment Channel. For more information about Star Style Productions or to purchase any of my books, including Growing with the Goddess Gardener or Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, visit CynthiaBryan.com and click on Books. For more information about Be the Star You Are charity or to get the newsletter, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. You can also make a tax-deductible donation at that part or to volunteer for Be This Star You Are. And if you're a teen, we do give service credits for all of our outreach programs.
My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. So see beyond your physical being. Know you all are ready the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life because this second is all that we have. So until next Wednesday, when we celebrate once again here on the Star Style Playground, remember that love always wins, kindness prevails, and it's smiles that'll keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Make it a great week and shine. Thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.